The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Football 24-7 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel with NFL insider John McMullen, all presented by Stateside Vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com. This is our day, Johnny Mac, where we feel good about Thursday. Can you see that? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I can get you there, Krause. I'll do my best. Do your trying best. To come up, trying to come up with reasons. But this, remember, people, this is the reigning Super Bowl champions who happen to have the greatest quarterback of all time, who is 44, which I will bring up, but he also threw for 400-plus yards and five touchdowns last week. So he's kind of an outlier. <laughs> we'll get into this game on Thursday and turn the page from that 21-18 win uh, against Carolina, which is now just a log on the 2021 football schedule. There's nothing left from that game uh, to talk about, to learn from, or to utilize when the Bucs are coming to town, uh, Johnny Mack, on Thursday night. Although I will say, there is, depending on... What time you're listening during the course of the day, there is some positive vibe uh, about this football team, despite the fact that it's Tom Brady coming into town. Maybe overly optimistic, perhaps, but they got to show up and play football. And as you've said, on any given day, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Oliver Stone made the movie for a reason. This is not college football. Any given Sunday, this will be Thursday, but you get the point. Um, Anybody can get beaten. The Tampa Bay's already lost once this season. Um, So, I, I mean, there are two positives. One real positive, and that's the short week you never want to be going on the road. You want to be the home team. So the fact that the Eagles are the home team is a, is a big advantage uh, for Tampa Bay. Um, from their perspective, they have to travel. So that alone makes it uh, a, a far more difficult aspect of it. Then Tampa Bay's got some key players banged up. Um, Don Brady obviously has a thumb injury. He's going to play, but it's not 100%. Uh, Levante David, their great linebacker, he's going to miss the game. He's not going to play. Rob Gronkowski, they said, might be. It's going to be close, but he didn't uh, 
nobody practices. So that's the wrong terminology. Nobody practices on a short week. They're just walkthroughs. So the injury reports are just an estimation. The estimation from Central Florida today was that Rob Gronkowski would not have practice, so he didn't participate. So it's going to be very iffy that he's going to play. Um, and then there's a lot of other players, Jason Pierre-Paul, Chris Godwin. These are big-time players who are probably going to play, but they're not They're not 100%. So the Bucks come in pretty banged up. Um the Eagles have their own issues. We know the offensive line, it starts there. And the biggest news today, Dallas Goddard on the COVID list. That's not good news. I don't see how you get two uh, negative tests 24 hours apart. It's Tuesday. You got to have that by Thursday. Technically, it's possible. However, what everyone tends to forget with these COVID cases is you need two tests 24 hours apart, but you also have to be asymptomatic. Now, Dallas Goddard was listed as out for Monday's walkthrough in an estimated fashion with an illness. So that indicates by my uh, um, investigative <laughs> thinking He's got symptoms. So the larger point of this is I would not expect Dallas Goddard to play on Thursday. And that's another problem. You know, we talked to Bruce Arians today, reporters. We got a conference call with Bruce. And I asked him, what what's the most difficult part of playing on Thursday night? Because he's been doing this a long time. He's used to it. You got to do it once a year. The NFL makes every team play once on Thursday night. And he said health. And a lot of guys who could play by Sunday on a typical week couldn't have played on a Thursday. You don't have to go back very far, Krause. Zach Ertz, before the Dallas game, tested positive, was put on the COVID list, was asymptomatic, was activated, able to play in the game. That was a Monday night game larger week he got activated on saturday if it were thursday he wouldn't have been able to play right football 24 7 with john mcmullen i'm assuming based on your investigative insight if dallas goddard tested positive on even monday and he does have symptoms and he's vaccinated it doesn't matter um, does the test occur on game day? So let's. Yeah, you can test on game day. So you all know, the way up to yeah. certain time or what? Oh, so you can. Right. Okay. So you can, and there's still time if everything worked out perfectly. But that that missing notification with illness is an indication to me he did have some symptoms. So it's going to be really difficult for him to get cleared. But you never say never until he's ruled out. And that probably would come tomorrow, and we'll see. <clears throat> but it's going to be very difficult because of the timing. If it were Sunday, I'd say, yeah, there's a good chance he'd be out there still. Uh, but with Thursday night, the timing is probably going to be too tight. And you just hope I'm wrong and hope he plays. But 
you know, the Eagles also brought back Noah to God. People might remember him as an undrafted rookie who the Eagles wanted to keep on the practice squad, was picked up on waivers by Indianapolis. They put him back on the practice squad this week. Well, able, able to get him back. They protected him today. So that's a, probably a clear indication that they want to elevate him to the active roster for the game. Um and, you know, that's just a a contingency plan uh, for Dallas Goddard not being there. Let me ask you about preparation for the game from our standpoint. I want to ask you about Jalen Hurts. I think he spoke to the media uh, earlier this evening before uh, you jumped on this report. Um, what did you learn from the Jalen Hurts interview? Anything new? Anything different? Nah, or... well, you know, you know, Jalen is same stuff, just a different team coming in. Yeah, I mean, that's just Jalen, the way he goes about things, and we always, you know, some people believe in bulletin board material, some people don't. Um, but Jalen Hurts is not going to say anything that is going to uh, raise the eyebrow of anyone, not just the the competition, but also his teammates, the organization. Um, and sometimes that's good. It's probably not great for fans that want answers or or things like that, but it is what it is at this point with Jalen, and he's very focused and he's very on message. <clears throat> and I joke about that, <clears throat> you know, cliches, big on cliches, big on T-shirt slogans, but – the positive part to that is, and you kind of saw in Carolina, was not playing a good game. Doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. A lot of people, and you saw it probably with Carson Wentz a little bit too much over the years. That if things were not going great, um, and and the ship, you know, sprang a leak, so to speak. Uh, there was a little bit. I don't want to use the term panic, but there was a little bit of. Uh, uh, inability to focus and things just kind of unraveled and uh, went from bad to worse. Uh, and Jalen Hurts, it went the opposite. It was pretty, pretty bad. It's pretty bad in that first half. It's pretty bad. Even Nick Sirianni admitted early in the third quarter, guy just persevered. And I wrote on this, I wrote about this on Philly Mag with the Eagle Report. just kind of persevered and kept plugging away, kept plugging away. Didn't get too down. All of a sudden, he makes some big plays. It started with the, the big play downfield to Quez Watkins, but also running the football. He made some big plays. And all of a sudden, um, the Eagles went from down 15-3 to winning the game 21-18. And it was interesting because if you look at that Jake Elliott field goal in that game at the end of the first half, it was 15-3. to Um he, he banged it through from 58 yards, turned into 15 to 6. That was the play. People look at the block punt, and Michael Clay brought this up today, the special teams coordinator. That was the play that changed the momentum of the game. And much, it wasn't like the 61 yard field goal against the New York Giants that kind of spawned the Eagles' Super Bowl run, but it was a miniature version of that. 15 to 3, think about that. Second half, take away that, you know, 
final score, 21-18, take away Jalen, uh, Jake Elliott's field goal. It was 15-3 Eagles. That That's how big that play was. Interesting. Interesting thought. Uh, we'll see how it plays out going into the game on Thursday night. This, of course, with Brady coming in, represents, if you look at the schedule, John, the big guys, the big names, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, they had big games against this Eagle defense. Um, and that's what we might expect from Tom Brady. He's coming into this game analyzing how he's going to beat this football team. And it's almost, no matter what Jonathan Gannon does, Brady's going to have an answer for what the D.C. does. Well, I mean, yeah, Tom Brady's kind of seen it all. So, you know, I know a lot of people have started to, to um, I don't want to say call Jonathan Gannon out, uh, but he certainly took a lot of hits um, after those back-to-back performances against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, in the Chiefs kind of righted the ship against Carolina, but it's it's kind of personnel-driven, um, not nearly as explosive offensively, the quarterback not nearly as accomplished. And then you throw it on a short week. Look, if you have a regular week, you're not coming up with anything Tom Brady hasn't seen. Right. So when you beat Tom Brady, you generally do it one of two ways, you either win a shootout like the Eagles did in the Super Bowl, um, just made one more play. They The play was Brandon Graham. People talk about the Philly special. The play was actually Brandon Graham getting the strip sack, uh, which essentially sealed the deal. Um, because if he doesn't get that strip sack, they probably go down the field and score. That's just the way that game was going. Um, and you kind of feel that as it was going along. Um, or you take his other Super Bowl losses. Uh, they were both against the New York Giants. And what the Giants did was they put pressure on him right up the middle. Uh, Justin Tuck had the one great Super Bowl. Their front fours were tremendous in both of those Super Bowl wins. They made Brady very, very uncomfortable. They got him off his spots. They sped him up. And they did just enough to win the football game. That's how you have to beat Tom Brady. Eagles have a very good interior defensive line. We know that Javon Hargraves having a career year. Fletcher Cox finally awoken against the Panthers. So they're playing well at a positive time. But it's also strength versus strength. The Tampa Bay offensive line is one of the best in football. And the interior Ryan Jensen, another player's a little bit banged up. Maybe that helps. He's one of the best centers in football. Ali Marpet's one of the best guards in football. So it's strength versus strength. And we'll see if the Eagles can get enough pressure. But if Tom Brady has time, is on the spots, yeah, they're going to be tough to spot. Think of tough to stop. Think about the receivers as well. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. I mean, yeah, you know, Chris Godwin's a little, yeah. (laughs) Chris, 
Chris Godwin's a little banged up as well, so maybe you feel good about that. So they have a lot of players who aren't at 100%, but this is a really good team. And I do want to say this, Krause, for the – and we know it. We know Philadelphia. We know what it's about, what they want. Stop talking about the running game for this week. At least press pause. At least press pause. This team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, have led the NFL in rushing defense in 2019, 2020, and in 2021, where we are today, they are giving up less than 50 yards a game rushing. And if you don't know Vita Villa, who is their giant defensive tackle, who just destroys people on the interior, you are not going to run the football against this team, period. They will be the first team since the Williams Wall Minnesota Vikings 20, 2006, 2007, 2008. They led the league in rush defense. 2019, 2020, 2021, Tampa Bay is probably going to finish the deal. Don't complain about the running attack this week. That's my advice to you. Boy, do I hope now that Dallas Goddard gets that second negative COVID test before game time because he's the one or one of the few game changers on an, from an offensive side of the football that could have impact in this football game. Well, you know, while I say that Tampa Bay is so good at stopping the run, they're 32nd against the pass. Now, there's two reasons for two reasons for that. One, it's easy to throw the football to modern NFL. Two, nobody can run against them, so all they do is pass. So a lot of those numbers are um, inflated. But you know, Antoine Winfield Jr. is banged up, might not play, has a concussion, is trying to get through the protocol. They've had a ton of injuries at corner to the point where they signed Richard Sherman off the street and had to have him starting a couple of days later. So the Eagles are going to have to find a way to throw the football. So this has got to be a, a game for Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager and probably Zach Ertz more than Dallas Goddard. They're going to have to throw the football uh, to succeed against this defense. So they they will not be an RPO offense this week? Oh, no, time? they're going to run RPOs. They're an RPO offense. This, you know, this is another thing. They're an RPO offense, and I want to explain this a bit. That's what they practice all week. You don't run what you don't practice. You know, Jonathan Gannon spoke today. We talked about the defensive uh, side, and you're saying, okay, what's he going to show new to Tom Brady? Well, nothing, obviously. But in a larger sense, he was talking about the short week, and I'm going to try to pull it up here. He said, we told our guys, you know, I said I wanted to do a bunch of stuff on Monday. We don't have any full-speed reps, so throw that out the window. 
this would be great, he said, you know, the new coverage. Well, how are you going to practice it? How are you going to practice it this week? You can't practice it this week. The Eagles offense is an RPO offense. And I, I told you that story about Penn State. You don't run what you don't practice. So for people who want them to run whatever, whatever you want them to run, that's not what they practice during the week. So if you want Bill Walsh's West Coast offense, if you want Andy Reid's offense, they don't practice that. They practice RPOs, so they're going to run RPOs. And if they're not going to be effective, what's going to happen? Well, if they're not going to be effective, they're not going to win the football game. Um, Are they going to get but, blown off the field? Well, if they play poorly. Uh, I mean, RPOs are very difficult to defend um, for most NFL teams because – I don't I don't want to, you know, back in the day, if you if you ever watch and really still to this day, if you ever watch Navy play football, if you ever watched Army, if you ever watched Georgia Tech uh, and they would run the triple option, they would give teams headaches, um, good teams and they would ultimately lose normally because they just didn't have the talent, but they would give those coaches headaches that week because you can't justify practicing for a triple option, triple option offense because nobody else on your schedule plays it. So you can't waste time. You can only prep for it that week and it would be often ugly until the talent would win out and more often than not, but it would drive coaches crazy. And it still drives coaches crazy because you can't spend a lot of time prepping for something nobody else uses. Well, other teams use RPOs, not as much as the Eagles. Uh, Baltimore uh, would be close. Um, but from a, from a larger standpoint, most of these teams in Tampa Bay's in this category, they don't face in a lot of RPO teams. You'll see it now and again. You'll see it more. But they're not going to spend a ton of time um, on it trying to stop it versus a conventional, a more conventional offense, I should describe it. Um, so at times, they can be caught off guard, and, and you can get gash plays in that way. So you hope that happens. But – now, if the Eagles don't execute what they do well, yeah, they're going to get blown out by one of the best teams in football. John, what is it that they do well? What do you consider well from this offense? What are they going to do well on Thursday? Or what have they done well in the first <laughs> five games that's going to carry into the game tomorrow? Or, I mean, uh, not tomorrow, uh, Thursday, two days from now. Well, they haven't done much well consistently. I would say, but they're in the top half of the league offensively. You know, one of the things that I always talk about in the RPO, it's not very aesthetic. I use that word all the time. It's not pretty at times. Um, so people mistake that for ineffective. Now, again, everything is contextual. There's 32 teams in this league. So if you're in the top half of the league, you're better than most teams. 
the Eagles have been better moving the football than most teams in this league. And I think that's a lot of people don't realize that because you go back to the first half against Carolina when it doesn't work, it's pretty ugly. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't mean it's ineffective at all times. Different conversation tonight with NFL insider John McMullen here on Football 24-7 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, all prevented or all provided by, presented by Stateside Vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com. Remember to use that keyword, Jacob, get 15% off of a one-liter bottle, and for your tailgate on Thursday, the Stateside Vodka Soda, now in stock. Get it at stateside.com. couple things left, a couple of more thoughts, Johnny Mac, um, from you um, before we uh, say goodnight to you uh, this evening. Um, any updates at all? I'm sure the answer's no, but I'm starting to wonder now if players are starting to offer opinions and thoughts Uh, on Lane Johnson. We don't know what we don't know. We don't want to speculate on what we don't know, Um, but he's not going to play again. And it's still radio silence in terms of what's a matter. Now I'm not saying we're entitled to know, but I've got to believe his mates on the line. I've got to believe head coach Nick Sirianna. I've got to believe the start that people want to express opinions about it maybe it's just supportive opinions but um what's happening with that now i i mean the eagles have been buttoned up on this because it's a it, it is a personal issue in the fact that it is not a health related issue it's not a um a a issue where you know people have talked about suspensions in the past um it is truly a, a personal issue. So, you know, Jason Kelsey uh, was the one who talked uh, about it today a little bit. And, you know, he just said he talked to Lane, he met with Lane, and he wished him the best and, and, and said everyone in here, everyone in the locker room, everyone in the NovaCare mm-hmm. complex loves the guy, which I can tell you is 100% true. Uh, he's one of the more popular players. Um, in that building, uh, has a great personality. Um, he's one of those guys that, that is always fun to be around. Um, and, you know, everybody's concerned um, taking away the football. Um, but he always says, you know, the person becomes, uh, uh, is uh, the person is first before the football player. So, um now, where I have a question about how the Eagles are handling this is they should give their fan base a little more clarity on the football part of it and the fact that if they don't expect Lane Johnson back, you know, you don't have to talk about the personal issue, but you should let everyone in on the football side of it. Don't expect him back, expect him back at some point. Mm-hmm. Now, Nick Sirianni finally said that when he was asked uh, yesterday, all the, I believe it was yesterday, all the days run together, he had put 
65 Lane's number uh, on his visor next to Brandon Graham and Isaac Sayamalo, uh, 55 and 56, who were out for the season. And he was asked, does that mean Lane Johnson is out for the season? And he, he said no. He said, you know, he didn't offer clarity, didn't say he would be back, but the Eagles weren't willing to go down the road of saying he was done for the season. So the hope is he will be back at some point, but the clarity is not there. Um, and and everyone is respecting the personal aspect of, of what is going on uh, with what essentially um, is uh, a you know, from what I've been told, a, a, a very personal issue. So um, everyone should respect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is the football side of it. I mean, that's what we do here. Let's be honest. I mean, there are bigger things, and this is a far bigger thing. And I agree with that part of it. But at the end of the day, you know, people like me cover football. The Philadelphia Eagles play football. They have a lot of fans who pay a lot of money um, and they probably deserve a little bit more clarity about the football part of it, in my opinion. Good stuff tonight from John McMullen, our football 24 seven across the Jacob media YouTube channel. We'll let the one prediction from a week ago live (laughs) and always be remembered. But I will ask you last thought, John, give me reason to feel good about Thursday. You know I love to feel good about going into the game. I know it's Tom Brady. I know it's Tampa Bay. I know that if Jonathan Cannon sits back, Brady's going to just dump underneath. I know they're going to go. They're going to move the football, but. I'm a believer in hope. Give me some hope, Johnny Mac. Hope is two things. Short week, Tampa Bay is the team on the road, so you add the travel headaches into the short week and the lack of preparation time. The Eagles don't have to deal with that. The second is Tampa Bay is very banged up, and it starts with Tom Brady. Hurt his thumb while throwing for those 400 yards and five touchdowns last week. So he's got a bruised thumb. He's not 100%. A lot of other Bucks players, as I mentioned, are not 100%. Um, maybe they don't bring their A game to Lincoln Financial Field. Maybe you get a, a C game. And if the Eagles play an A game, all of a sudden, what looks like impossibility becomes um, upset that makes everybody happy. I wouldn't count on it, but I'm trying to make you happy, Chris. Johnny Mack, Football 24-7 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. I'll take that uh, (laughs) to end this report as we turn the page across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, all presented by Stateside Vodka. Busy day for Johnny Mack tomorrow. You'll kick off with Birds 365. You'll bounce out for the head coach's press conference tomorrow, and then you'll get wrapped and rolled in a lot of different stuff happening tomorrow 
Um, as your day is never as simple as a walkthrough, Johnny Mac. Great stuff. Um, thank you much, my friend, for uh, jumping on here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, part of Football 24-7, presented by Stateside Vodka. On behalf of Johnny Mac, on behalf of Xander Kraus and all of our uh, viewers, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Feel good, at least for now. About some Stateside Vodka. That'll make you feel good. Yes, sir. See everybody. Every day. We rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.